Welcome to Rediscovering the Spirit of Freedom in America, a Warhawk Air Museum podcast dedicated to preserving history and educating future generations about our veterans and their contributions to the freedoms we know as Americans today. This podcast is made possible by the generous support of the Nagel Foundation, celebrating 30 years of giving in Southwest Idaho. My name is Sue Paul, and I'm the co-founder of the Warhawk Air Museum. And today, the theme of the podcast uh, that we are recording is Rediscover the Spirit of Freedom in America. And uh, I'm very, very uh, proud to have here with me Vance Miller. Um, Vance is the president of John F. Nagel Foundation and uh, has been one of the primary uh, supporters of the Warhawk Air Museum uh, since 2002. So, Vance, thanks for being here with me on this very first podcast. You're welcome. I'd like for the folks to know how we met you in the first place. Um, It was was a a meeting of luck for sure. Uh, You found out about the Warhawk Air Museum through... Ken Wilson. Ken Wilson. And how was how did that happen? Originally, Ken had been a manager at the Boise Hawks that we had a business relationship with. And then as he got on your board and through events, he called us to provide drinks for the events from Pepsi. And it continued from there. And then sooner or later, I think we joined in and became a sponsor of the Roundup. And I think the first sponsorship had to be I got to think 2007, eight or nine. Right, right. And it was, uh, I think, for about $2,000, $3,000, which was huge to the Warhawk Air Museum in those years and very generous because you weren't really sure about the Warhawk Air Museum as yet, uh, I don't think. Um, but I, it seemed to me in our conversations that you were pretty impressed with what we were trying to do. It wasn't really doubtful. Um, it was just so new to the community mm-hmm. of saying, and then, of course, um, in my era, warbirds were the real thing. And, of course, I became attracted to the warbirds. And they give me a few rides, so that's kind of addicted me. <laughs> so, But we looked at it from an educational standpoint because our foundation is primarily focused on education. And this is a not a curriculum that you can find very well in the school systems. Yeah. Yeah, the, when you said to us that very first uh, time that, uh, that you wanted the, the proceeds, you wanted to support the Warbird Roundup so that the proceeds that we made, the profit we made, could go directly into educational programs for the museum. And that is really what thrust us forward with an educational program, having that opportunity. So we're, you know, we're so indebted to Nagel Foundation and all of your belief in us. So... How do you think that we've changed over the last 15 to 20 years? You've been around a lot with us. I don't know if we have that much time. Yeah, we do. You've advanced the museum into a lot bigger venue, a lot more items, more broad base for kids, younger people, older people that have experienced some of the stuff in there, and laid out the exhibits in a pretty timely manner as far as it would go with the calendar. It's easy to tour. And Nagel seems to be pretty focused on kids, aren't you? Uh, the uh, education of kids and uh, and the health of, of our kids and our community. It, Nagel Foundation is one of the most substantial, uh, most successful foundations, in our opinion, in, in the state of Idaho. 
And so first came on board, you know, we were just beginning to try to create a family destination museum. How do you think that's gone? I think it's gone really well. I mean, you've got a good idea, good bunch of advertising along the freeway, places where visitors can see, plus the word of mouth. And as I've noticed going over there, you'll see local people with their relatives that are visiting, giving them an experience. So I think you become very broad-based. And my biggest concern is you're going to have to tell John you've got to build a new museum. Mm-hmm. We're working Running on it. capacity. I think education is definitely the center of what we share. So um, why do you think education and educating our children through the Warhawk Air Museum is important? Well, first thing, I think the Warhawk Museum provides a portion of history that they're not really taught in the school system. I looked up some of the curriculums in the Ada and West District, and there's a schedule for World War II and World War One. Probably in reality, they're one or two day classes. And I think it's more important for the kids to know the history and see it visually, because we know younger kids are stimulated visually. To see airplanes, and some of them have had the opportunity to meet actual b- veterans. So I think it registers better in their mind than something textbook in a classroom. You know, someone said to me once, one of the uh, most powerful things that uh, that she thought the museum presented for kids is it's colorful, that it's colorful. Kids walk into the museum, it's not black and white, it's colorful. And I thought that was very interesting because it is colorful. The num- number of displays, the types of airplanes, the types of equipment. Um, it is a colorful museum. And I agree with you. I think that kids get a real human experience when they come through there. And we emphasize that. You know, we have over 6,500 school kids that came through, you know, the year before COVID. And that's pretty common in the museum on scheduled field trips. And what we try to do with, and you've been there, you've observed these field trips several times. Uh, we try to um, to bring them into the essence of the museum and be proud that this is their museum, that these are their veterans. And one of the new things that I've started doing is uh, in the beginning of, of their their experience, before they meet with veterans and tour the museum, I, I ask them how many of them, each one of them, had someone in their family who served in the military. And, oh, my gosh, the hands that go up. And then I ask them to honor each one of those persons, and they tell us who they are and who they were. And before you know it, the kids are, like, looking at each other. They never talk about that kind of thing with each other. And all of a sudden, they're realizing they all, so mo- most of them, have, have that, that commonality of veterans in their family that served our country, whether it was a great-grandparent or a mother and father currently serving, et cetera. So I think that's an added thing that gives them a real personal feeling about the museum uh, because that's how they're going to learn and and take the information away. I think it's valuable, the fact that at that age, the kids that come in from grade school, it puts an imprint in their mind, impresses them that this is real versus what they see in the textbooks or in the pictures. Because most of us don't share our military history with our kids or grandkids. And so I think it's important, especially with a lack of form of education of our military or military history, how we got here uh, is pretty vague in the school systems. Luckily, we still live in Idaho as conservative, so we're getting probably the best we can in the West. The museum is uh, really kind of broken up into uh, different um, 
military eras in our in our in our country's history to this point. Our next evolution will be the post 9/11 military experience in our country. But now it primarily is, of course, World War One to some degree, and then uh, vastly uh, is vastly teaches about. Uh, World War Two and uh, the American experience, the whole American experience of of uh, World War Two, the country's experience in that, which is, I think, very complete, very colorful. That era had so much patriotism and so much interaction with American citizens. And then we added the second wing, which is the Cold War wing, and what I'm discuss, which of course are the Cold Wars, Korea, Vietnam, primarily. I find it very interesting how many people, adults included, that come through and really don't know what that word means, the Cold War. You were a part of that Cold War. You are a Vietnam veteran. Do you think we're doing an okay job with the Cold War era wing? As time goes on and demographics change, it probably ought to be expanded because the World War II era will move on. We're already all of us in our 70s Mm -hmm. in the Vietnam era. And then you need to bridge into the Gulf War. The problem that society has with the Vietnam War and the Gulf War is all the politics of subdued celebration of those wars, acknowledgement that you were in the war. And it's easy for a vet like myself to just be quiet rather than deal with feedback. Mm-hmm. And you have a chance to solve that problem. At that time, I had been gone for a year and a half overseas. And the protest movement had begun when when it was gone. I got through, and due to trying to downscale the war, I got an early discharge or release. I had a uniform, some badges I was proud of, and I was dropped off at the Oakland International Airport during the protests. I was spit on. I was yelled at as I walked through the terminal. That was my welcome home. So when you've done that, and you have to re- realize that at that time, almost all of us sacrificed that. Caught up with my buddies when I got to Boise, went out. Everybody asked me where I'd been because I had such a great suntan. And I wouldn't tell them. When I did tell somebody, they wanted to beat the crap out of me. So we experienced that kind of stuff when we returned. Protests, the war was no good. The Nixon thing was going on. There were scandals. We weren't supported by the American public. And when you experience that, it's just at that point and you're locked up. You don't want to talk about it because, I mean, it, that's the way still a lot of people feel in their mind that didn't go. And so we're very reserved as a group because that was the treatment we had when we came home. Um, I remember being at Boise State on GI Bill and never admitting I was a Vietnam vet. That's a big hurdle to overcome with us because we were all severely bruised by the way we were treated. Hence, most of us are very happy that the people that did the Gulf Wars and stuff in Afghanistan entered back into the United States into good hands. That was a gap we missed. That's a big one to solve. What do we want the kids to learn about uh, what the Cold War era was in our country's history? very easy for them to learn about World War II. We went to war on a date. We ended on a date. We won a world war. When you move into the, I always think it's like a cloud. You can't quite put your arms around for a lot of people. What do we want kids to learn and walk out of there? And I'm constantly asking myself that question. Well, I 
think they need to understand some basic things about communism or socialism, however you put it, Mm -hmm. and the difference between that and democracy. Mm -hmm. And then you can go from where there's how some of the world's powers are trying to influence us. Mm -hmm. But if they don't have the basics, they're going to be confused. How you get that message across is going to be difficult. Yeah, and I think we're doing a pretty good job explaining the best we can. We have a lot of Vietnam veterans that volunteer at the museum who, like yourself, have for years never talked about their military experiences to their families, but now they feel very comfortable, you know, talking about uh, the Huey, for an example, because that was their experience. So they talk about uh, being a forward observer, like John Sterling and his display. They feel comfortable now sharing um, what that experience was. So we're very fortunate that UP, that the Vietnam era, Korea, not as much, but definitely Vietnam, are young enough still, young enough still to be there and, and either through displays or through volunteerism, uh, lecturing, uh, are still here to teach kids what that, what that was, what that Cold War actually meant. Because they weren't wars. They were skirmishes in reality. They were wars to you, but they were... They were controlled mm-hmm. political moves. Some of them for economics, right? which I won't get into. But you know, the other thing that it was, was incredible advancement in technology. Going, stepping from the World War II era with the propeller-driven airplanes and stepping into the jet era, the Huey helicopter, the helicopter era, um, I think is a stark difference. And I love that. They, I mean, it's, it, that has a big impact on... Uh, on people when they step into that second wing. That all started at the end of World War II because we needed to develop the technology to that war. And coming out of World War II, we had a slump. See, I think it's really important for kids to understand what the, what that means, what the Cold War meant in this country, because it's still ongoing. The post-9-11 era is still a Cold War era. We have to, and, find, a, we have to find a way to explain mm-hmm. to school children. Right what the difference is that's in a simple enough method that they can understand that they can in our opinion away. one is bad and evil and the other no. one's the good one right i don't believe the school system has the time i think that's one reason we support the education program is they get over get to see it in real person you do a great job i know we're losing veterans to talk to kids but when i've been over and they've been over the kids are excited my grandson even has been over there mm-hmm in a school, mm-hmm. the school, he came home talking about it forever. Mm-hmm. That's a difficult task, but that's what we've got to reach to move forward so they understand these other wars, really what they were. One of the other ways, of course, that we're trying to teach the world about um, our veterans and their personal stories is through our Veterans History Project program. We partnered with the Library of Congress 15 years ago, and we've sent them over 1,800 personal stories. Those are on our website, too. And um, people can can learn from our veterans if they can't get to the museum or if they come and they haven't had an opportunity to really speak with a veteran, they can jump right on our website. In fact, I know teachers that are in more remote areas of Idaho who use it as part for part of their class activities. Uh, for kids to watch those. So that's another way that we educate the world are through personal stories. And, of course, kids love that. As you realize, and as I've said, it's probably one of the most important things the museum has to deal with now is to pass the museum, the history it presents, onto the next generation 
especially in the current political climate where focused on something else and their children have to be confused in this environment mm-hmm. but if we can get the clear message find a way to get through to them what it's about i think it'll continue yeah oh i i know it will i completely agree you know the covid um had a pretty severe effect on the world not just the Warhawk Air Museum, but the world. And when I look at our theme, Rediscover the Spirit of Freedom in America, I think, in my opinion, um, I think COVID silenced a lot of freedom for a good year. And we at the Warhawk did everything we could to keep that, to keep the feeling of freedom alive by having the opportunity to keep the museum open during that time. We were allowed to do that in Canyon County and set up all of the safety requirements this sort of thing but um how do how do you think that it's affected our kids and our country in terms of rediscovering freedom now that our masks are off and well i think now that the mask mandates are gone it's not so much pressure not so visible most parents are smart enough not to let those kids listen to the news Mm -hmm. because it's confusing to me i can't imagine our 11 year old grandson Mm -hmm. i think uh, continuing the school program because that's worked for how many years now? Mm-hmm. 10, 12 plus years? Well, since 2001. Yeah. Uh, the school program, bringing the kids in. Some parents come with them. The kids go home and pass on what they say to the parents. And that's really the key is to keep the program going, the education program. I was in Idaho camera one day and this man that was behind the counter, you know, was helping me. And suddenly he said, you're Sue Paul, aren't you? And I said, yeah, I am. And he said, you don't remember me, but he said, when I was 15, uh, you were tutoring me uh, in English. And he said, you took me on a field trip to the Warhawk Air Museum. And he said, you changed my life completely on the value of history and the patriotism of our country. And I've taken my children to the Warhawk Air Museum numerous times since then. So thank you. And so you're right. Generationally, it goes, it keeps going. Um, I know teachers have told us that the kids, every year, the kids are waiting for it to be their year to go to the Warhawk. Last year was horribly disappointing to the school kids, but uh, they're starting to make up for it. Now we expect a huge turnout. So I think your point is completely correct. It's perfect. We're imprinting a mm-hmm. thought on them. They're getting to experience it at this age where they can remember, where they're excited about it. They don't have outside influences in the world distracting them mm-hmm. so they can probably tell you every every symbol that was on every airplane that they got to see like i said the most important thing is is watching i've been over there and watching those kids when they see the real airplanes mm-hmm. the they airplane. realize it's real and not a model or in a comic book you know we have a saying at the warhawk the airplanes bring them in the stories keep them in yes and that's exactly how it works yeah what is what is it our theme, what does that mean to you? Rediscover the spirit of freedom in America. That's kind of a complex theme, I think. Well, define rediscover. Right, exactly. The, the issue is, is we've all, in COVID, in the last few years, the focus has not been on our military. It's not been on freedom. It's not been on the standards of our country. Mm-hmm. It's been all political power grabbing. Mm-hmm. And I think getting back to the basis, basics, especially for the younger people, and the parents will show up to realize that no matter what's going on today, this still exists and this is where it started. It's not changing because the Warhawk is one place that will never change. We're not, you know, we're out of that realm of politics, out of what's, what's proper, what isn't proper. Everything in the Warhawk Air Museum is a story from someone who served. It's their story. It will never change. 
This will always be the yes. truth that people can walk in it's and personal. see and listen to. They're personal. So what about rediscover the spirit of freedom in America every time somebody walks in the door and discovers for the first time the Warhawk Air Museum and the thrill of being in there? To me, that's part of rediscovering the spirit of freedom. Every time I see that happen with a visitor, it makes me realize, you know, it's like seeing it all over again, the awe of our freedom and how we, and we, how we got that and what we've done to keep it. I think it's one thing, even for adults who've never been there, you have a vision in your mind. We've all watched movies. We've all done this. But when you are, especially like for the Roundup, when you're there and one of these warbirds that you saw as a kid in a movie or John Wayne movie actually fires up, takes off them, yeah, it is an impression. Yeah. It happened to me at a young age, and here I am. So. Exactly. And that's what we'll always continue to do. So the 19th Warbird Roundup. Oh, boy. Remember the first one? That the very first one we had was in 1989 when we were at Caldwell Airport. Uh, it was sensational. So excited! All of our warbird friends came up because we had just moved here. We had just started the museum, and um, and then it became an annual event. And uh, it's it's in my it has grown substantially in terms of we still have the large number of airplanes. That part hasn't changed, but the number of people that attend it. Um, the themes that we have, the things that we've added, speakers, this sort of thing. All right, how do you feel? Do you feel like we're doing a pretty good job? I think you're doing an excellent job. The attendance shows it. So since 2006, so the Nagel Foundation, uh, you've enabled the museum to provide a, quote, best-in-class educational and history experience, and that is documented um, in many ways. Uh, in the state, the region... And throughout the country, really, I think we're unique to any other museum in what we're providing. And we're growing in every facet of the museum, thanks to Nagel Foundation. Tell us how you identify a grantee. We're pretty focused. We're almost 80, 80 to 90 percent focused on education in one form or another. Boise State, CWI, other stuff. And this fills out our education portfolio where okay. we feel there's a gap. Okay. And, that's, and it, I think it's really important. Well, I, I know you know that we take this very seriously. And, uh, you know, we, we have the opportunity to, to be better and better at our applications and what we're uh, hoping that Nagel will support. And uh, you've just been such a great friend, Vance. Uh, the organization has been uh, really, it's, it is our educational program. And uh, it is uh, our Warbird Roundup supporter. And that goes directly to the educational programs. And so, and I know you well enough to know you'll certainly let us know if you would like some advice, to give us some advice. We're always open, right? Our great... Uh, I have such a subtle way of yeah, mentioning things. Right. And and uh, our executive director, Pat Kilroy, you know, certainly... He knows how subtle I am. ...understands you very well. And you understand him, and it's a great relationship. Oh, yeah. It's just a great relationship. So, We're happy to be here. Okay. Hopefully it'll be a long time. Um, I see no reason. I just continue it on and we'll be there to support it. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope you've enjoyed the very first podcast of the Warhawk Air Museum uh, with the theme, uh, Rediscover the Spirit of Freedom in America. Uh, we hope that you'll become fans of our podcasts in the future. Uh, our next podcast will actually be about the history of the Warbird Roundup. How did that start? 
Thank you for listening, and we hope you can join us August 28th and 29th, 2021 for the 19th Annual Warhawk Roundup. Tickets are available now at warhawkairmuseum.org.